Hello everyone at home in their cars and vacation on podcast forum in in all the places. All the places. We're Welcome. glad to be everywhere right now. <laughs> yes, I'm Mariana and I'm here with KJ and we're so glad that you clicked this button. We're going to spend some good time together. Yep. And so it's time for, for us to engage Pastor Alan's sermon. Yes. So it's going to be again on joy and in the joy series. Yes. How has that been? Oh gosh, yes. We are we're approaching the end actually and I'm very excited that we're entering this particular, you know, turning this corner to how we're impacting others in our relationships. And I, actually we will be having a conversation about this after the message. So let's save our thoughts for then. Yeah, but and we're priming the pump a little bit. <laughs> You're so official. Okay, everybody, here we go. No, wait. No, here we go. It's going to be great. Hey, Christ community, it is great to be with you today. Thanks for letting me be a part of your spiritual journey. Just a heads up, later on in the service, at the end of the sermon, we will be receiving the Lord's Supper. So if you want to partake in that and get those elements ready, that would be awesome. Uh, Today, we're continuing our exploration of the topic of joy. We will finish this series next week. And the focus for this whole series is this question— How can we grow in our experience of joy? And one of the things that we've been discovering is that joy is not only a core part of how God has made us as human beings, it is also an essential aspect of healthy relationships. Joy-filled families are relationally healthier families. Joy-filled work environments are relationally healthy work environments. Joy-filled churches are relationally healthier churches. Joy is a crucial aspect of a healthy relationship. So the question is, how do we cultivate joy-filled relationships? Well, last week we looked at a simple and yet powerful way to pour joy into our relationships, and that is through the practice of delight, choosing to delight in another person. That simple thing pours joy into the person, and it, and it deepens our level of attachment to them, our connection to them. But what do we do when we're in a relationship where we don't feel like delighting in this person? I was talking with a a teacher friend the other day who had this difficult encounter with a parent who was angry and critical, and my friend just felt emotionally decimated. And she was asking me, you know, I hear you talk about all this delight stuff, but what about when I don't feel like delighting in this person, when I'm angry and hurt? What a great question. I mean, what do we do when we're in a relationship that is difficult and challenging, where this person pushes all of our buttons, where the thought of a joy-filled relationship with this person seems light years away? Well, that's what we're going to talk about today. I want to begin by, first of all, talking about what is happening in our brain when we're in a situation like this. So neurologically speaking, our brains have been created with a relational circuit There are actually four parts of the circuit. And when that circuit is up and running, we experience joyful, healthy relationships. We are our best self. One of the books that I've I've put on the recommended resource list for this series is a book called The Joy Switch by Chris Corsi. And in this book, the author uses an acrostic to describe what it looks like when we are in relational mode, when this relational circuit is turned on. The, the, the acrostic that he uses is the word cake, C-A-K-E. 
E. So when we're in relational mode, we demonstrate C, curiosity. So we're genuinely interested in this person. We demonstrate A, appreciation. We feel and express a genuine appreciation for this person. We demonstrate K, kindness. We are kind with this person in our words and our tone of voice. And E, we make eye contact. We are focused on this person. We are listening to them. We're not distracted with texts and other things. Our heart is focused on this person. God built our brains with this literal relational circuit that enables us to experience healthy relationships. And when that circuit is on, we are in relational zone. We are our best selves. We are curious, we're attentive and kind and encouraging. But here's the problem. Here's our reality. That relational circuit can easily easily get turned off by any number of things, by an angry exchange with someone at work, by a hurtful email, by someone cutting us off in traffic, even a lack of sleep. I mean, my relational circuit shuts off at 10 p.m. I lose any desire to be curious, to be kind, to be appreciative. My body wants to go to bed. So there are any number of things that can turn off our relational circuit. Now, the term that Dr. Jim Wilder, who is a neuroscientist and, and counselor and Christian, he, the term he uses to describe this is enemy mode. When our relational circuit gets turned off, we are in enemy mode. We view this other person as an enemy, someone we do not want to engage with, listen to, etc. I mean, there, there have been times <clears throat> Raylene and I have had some conflict and then we go to bed and we go to bed in enemy mode, even though we're sleeping, you know, two feet apart or whatever. Now, it's really important that we learn how to identify when we're in enemy mode. It can happen in a moment's notice. So here are some characteristics that I found in some of the resources that I'm recommending. This characteristics of enemy mode. Um, I just want this problem or this person or this feeling to go away. I don't want to listen to what others feel or say. My mind is locked onto something upsetting. Even though I usually like this person right now, I don't want to be connected to them. I just want to get away or I fight or I freeze. I more aggressively interrogate, judge, and try to fix others. If any one of those responses describes us, we are in enemy mode. Our relational circuit is off. And it can cause some significant relational damage. The sad reality is a lot of people are stuck in enemy mode. That These things characterize their relationships and they don't realize it. Now, what we're talking about here is something that is affirmed throughout Scripture, only different languages use. So, for instance, in, in Ephesians chapter 4, where Paul is talking about relationships, he writes these words. You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitude of your minds, and to put on the new self, created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. This is very interesting language that Paul uses here. <clears throat> put off your old self and be made new in the attitude of your minds. This is exactly what neuroscience is saying that it's in our minds that, this relate, that, that, that much of this relational damage is happening, this, this relational <clears throat> impact. It's in our minds that that's happening. And, but, but Paul is offering us a solution here that neuroscience doesn't have. The solution, Paul says, is to put on our new self, 
to live out this new person that Jesus created us to be. So as followers of Jesus, we have some amazing resources to help us get out of enemy mode when we find ourselves in it. Um, And we have resources to turn on our relational circuit, our joy switch, as author Chris Corsi calls it. Okay, so how how do we do that? Well, I wanna talk about three specific things we can do to get out of enemy mode and get into relational mode. The first is found in Psalm 73. So for the first 20 verses of this Psalm, the Psalmist is clearly in enemy mode. He writes, surely God is good to Israel, to those who are pure in heart. But as for me, my feet had almost slipped. I had nearly lost my foothold for I envied the arrogant when I saw the prosperity of the wicked, they have no struggles. Their bodies are healthy and strong. They're free from common human burdens. They're not plagued by human ills. Surely in vain, I have kept my heart pure and have washed my hands in innocence. All day long, I have been afflicted. He is clearly in enemy mode. He is angry and filled with envy toward other people. He is ticked off and ready for a fight. Well, thankfully, he recognizes this. He recognizes that he's not in a good place, and so he chooses to do something about it. And in his response, we learn a crucial first step in turning on our relational circuit, and that is to create soul space. We need to create space to get alone with God. This is exactly what the psalmist does here. He realizes that his heart is not in a good place. Verse 16, when I tried to understand all this, it troubled me deeply until I entered the sanctuary of God. See, he makes a decision to create some space for his soul. He gets alone with God. And in that place, God helps shift his perspective. We see a similar thing happening with the prophet Elijah in 1 Kings 19, when his life is threatened by the evil queen Jezebel, Elijah shifts into enemy mode. He runs for his life. But in that running away, he actually does something very strategic. He creates space for his soul. He creates space for rest. The first thing he does is sleep. Sometimes we just need a good night's sleep to get out of enemy mode. Now, once he is physically rested, he then spends some time venting to the Lord. He expresses his insecurity, his suicidal thoughts, his despair, his his feeling like he's the only one left who's following God. See, this is what is so powerful about creating soul space. It gives us an opportunity to not only rest our body, it gives us an opportunity to explore our emotions. We can ask ourselves, why am I so angry? Why is this person getting under my skin? And in that place, we can invite Jesus into those emotions to help us process those things. In the midst of his emotional honesty with God, Elijah heard the whisper of the Lord. We talked about this earlier in this series, the power of quieting our hearts to hear the Holy Spirit remind us that we are God's children. One of the best ways to turn our relational switch back on is to just be reminded of God's delight in us and to open our hearts to experience that afresh, taking some delight pauses, which we talked about in the second week of this series, taking 30 minutes, excuse me, 30 seconds in the midst of a, a busy day to experience the Lord delighting in you. 
Now, depending on your personality, sometimes this creating soul space could mean taking a walk or taking a run or taking a drive or, or doing a hike, just, just getting out and creating space to process with the Lord. That's the key. I'm not talking about creating space for to dis- distraction, you know, Netflix binge or diving into social media. I'm talking about creating space to be with the Lord in our emotions and to let him speak into those places. Well, that decision to create soul space opens the door for a, a second critical response to help us turn on our relational circuit. And we see an example of this in Romans 14, where the church is experiencing conflict. And the conflict had to do with eating meat sacrificed to idols. Some Christians thought you shouldn't do that. Others thought it was okay. But the problem was people on each side were judging and criticizing those on the other side. They were in enemy mode, even though they were in the same church. Now, this kind of thing would never happen in the church today, Uh, right? Uh, uh, We're in the middle of one of these right now as it relates to vaccines. There are Christians who feel strongly that we shouldn't get a vaccine. There are others who feel strongly that we should get vaccinated and then throw in the mandates and all of that stuff. And, and, I mean, we can all feel how this is creating tension in families and in friendships and in small groups and in churches. It's often shutting off our relational circuit. It's putting us in enemy mode, and it's robbing us of joy. This was the relational dynamic in the church at Rome. And so in the middle of this conflict, Paul urges us and them to do something very powerful. Break off judgments break off judgments. When we're in a conflict with someone else, we often begin, a lot of times subconsciously, we begin to make judgments against them. Oh, their faith is weak. Oh, they're, they're being deceived. They're so liberal. They're so conservative. They're, they're unintelligent. They're being obstinate. They're being self-centered, whatever. We make these judgments and, and these judgments have a huge relational impact. So here's the problem with the judgments that we make. They solidify in our hearts a negative posture and attitude toward this other person. So we now see this other person through this lens of this judgment. And anything they do that looks like that, you know, that that that, that looks like that, it just solidifies even further the judgment we've made. I mean, if if you make a judgment that someone is lazy or greedy or whatever, then you will be constantly looking for evidence that confirms the judgment you've made. Do you see why judgments are so damaging? It completely colors the way we view this person. And there is no grace for them to be or do anything different. Look at how Paul describes this damage. He says, you then, why do you judge your brother or sister? Or why do you treat them with contempt? Therefore, let us stop passing judgment on one another. See, notice Paul is saying that our judgments about people turn into contempt. That's what happens. When we make a judgment against them, it turns into contempt. We start to despise this other person, to distance ourselves from this person. It puts us in enemy mode and it keeps us in enemy mode, which is why Paul says, stop it. Stop passing judgment on each other. We need to identify any judgments we've made against this other person. And then we need to bring that judgment to the cross and leave it there. Not that long ago, I was feeling this uh, negative attitude toward another person. And the more I thought about it, I realized I had made a judgment against them. 
And it was coloring my relationship with them, my attitude towards them. It was causing me to be in enemy mode with them. It was causing me to want to withdraw and to not engage and not listen. When we make judgments against people, it keeps us in enemy mode, in our marriage, in our family, in our workplace, in our small group, in our school. Making judgments is a relational toxin that will destroy our relationships. But the cross of Jesus is bigger than those judgments. Jesus took our judgment upon himself when he died on the cross so that, so that we, we, we can see this person through a different lens, the lens of grace. Let me just ask, are there any judgments you've made against another person? If so, it's not only damaging your relationship with them, it is robbing you of joy. Now, here's the cool thing. Once that judgment is broken at the cross, we can then let the Lord help us see this person through his eyes, through the eyes of love and acceptance, which leads to the third key to switching on our relational circuit, and that is to cultivate appreciation. We talked about this idea of appreciation two weeks ago, but in in that context, our focus was primarily on our own experience of joy how we can cultivate joy in our own hearts by remembering specific joyful events or experiences in our lives and then intentionally feeling the initial emotion we felt in that experience. So we talked about taking five minutes a day and practicing appreciation. But there's another application of appreciation that I want to explore for a moment here, and that is how powerful appreciation can be in our relationships. In Philippians 1, Paul begins his letter to his friends in the city of Philippi with these words, I thank my God every time I remember you. In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. It is right for me to feel this way about all of you since I have you in my heart. And whether I am in chains or defending and confirming the gospel, all of you share in God's grace with me. God can testify how I long for all of you with the affection of Christ Jesus. I mean, Paul is is gushing with delight and appreciation. He tells these people specific things he appreciates about them. They're partnering in the gospel. They're sharing of God's grace. Paul is taking time to tell them what he appreciates about them. And it's not only here. He does this throughout his letters um, in, the, in the New Testament. There, there's something incredibly powerful and life-giving in our relationships when we take time to express appreciation, to tell someone what we appreciate about them or to affirm something in them. That This is especially true when we find ourselves in enemy mode. A few weeks ago, Raylene and I w- weren't connecting that great. Things had been really busy and kind of stressful. And I mean, you could just feel the distance between us. It wasn't full-blown enemy mode, but but we weren't living in a state of curiosity and appreciation and connection. And so, you know, we try to carve out time on Wednesday night to do a heart check-in with each other and how's your heart and all that. But it had been so busy, we hadn't done that for a few weeks. So we finally got some time to connect. And as part of that time, we decided to add to that this appreciation thing. We started by thinking about this question, what do we appreciate about each other? And then we took the time to express that to each other to tell each other what we appreciated about them. 
Now, honestly, it felt a little awkward initially asking the question, what do you appreciate about me? Uh, Ask the question. But as we began to share those things, I could feel joy pouring into our hearts and into our relationship. It deepened our connection with each other. It helped us get out of that disconnected enemy mode place. Now, we've, we've been practicing this in our directional team meetings at church here, which is our core leadership team of nine leaders. We meet weekly, and we have been taking the first 10 minutes of that meeting to practice joyful appreciation. We pick one person, and the rest of us take a moment to quiet our heart and think about what we appreciate about them, thinking, you know, and, and then just taking a few moments to feel that. And then we express it to this person. We express it to them. This, this is a, just go around the table. We're just expressing it to this one person. This is a, and then we change the person every week. But this is a proactive way, really, it's a proactive way to stay out of enemy mode. It cultivates appreciation, which will help us when conflicts do arise. When a friendship or a, a family or a team at work or a small group intentionally and regularly cultivate appreciation, they're building a strength and resilience to help navigate when, when conflicts and struggles do happen. Now, what we're ultimately talking about here in this whole discussion is love. How do we walk in love when we don't feel like it, when our relational circuit is off? You know, I find it really interesting that Jesus commands us in Matthew 5, he commands us to love our enemies. When we perceive someone to be our enemy, i.e. when we find ourselves in enemy mode, Jesus commands us to love them. I mean, this is the ultimate demonstration of love. And have you, have you ever wondered, oh, I hear Jesus talking about love my enemies, but I don't know how to do that. How do, how do I love someone who in the, in the moment I perceive as being an enemy? Well, this is exactly what we've been talking about. We do it by intentionally choosing to get out of enemy mode and to turn on our relational circuit so that we are living out of the reality of who we are in Christ, this new person that he has made us to be in his image. When our relational circuit is turned on, we actually love the way Jesus loves. We experience healthier relationships. We experience healed relationships. Are there any relationships in your life in which you are in enemy mode? where you have distanced yourself, you've made judgments, you've locked on to something you don't like about this person. Well, through the power of Christ, you can actually turn your joy switch back on. You can reset your relational circuit by by creating some soul space to explore your emotions in the presence of Jesus, by bringing to the cross any judgments you've made against this person, and by choosing to cultivate and express appreciation. These choices, these intentional decisions we make can bring life and healing into our relationships. I remember a season where my relationship with my son, Caleb, felt distant. He was like a senior in high school. And and as I was thinking about our relational dynamic, I realized that at various times over the years, I had come across in a critical way and had unintentionally communicated that he wasn't meeting certain expectations or whatever. So one day, we went out for a a Coke, and as I sat across the table from him, I I looked him in the eyes, 
And I apologized for any of the ways that I had unintentionally communicated this to him because that wasn't my truest heart. And then I took out a list that I had made of all the things that I admired about him and appreciated about him. There were probably eight or nine things I had listed. And I just went through the list item by item, sharing each one of those things with him how I loved and admired his easygoing personality, how I loved his sense of humor. I loved how he naturally connected with people. It was a moment in which I was the dad I longed to be, a dad with my relational circuit fully on, filled with joy, loving my son the way he deserved to be loved. None of us are perfect. We blunder in our relationships. We cause relational damage. We spend way too much time in enemy mode. But in Christ, we have the resources to live differently, to love differently, to enjoy who we are and who the people around us are. This joy is wired into us by God. When we intentionally tap into these resources, our relationships will never be the same. All right, let's pray together. So as we're in an attitude of prayer, I want to just ask you, letting the Holy Spirit speak, just ask you, are there any relationships in your life in which you are in enemy mode? Where there's distance, you're making judgments, And I want to invite you, I want to invite you to bring that to the cross. Just take a moment, just think of that one relationship and just bring that to the cross. Invite Jesus into the negative attitude you have towards this person. Just ask him, Jesus, why am I feeling this way towards them? Now, with Jesus in that place, secondly, I just want to invite you right now, break off any judgments you've made against that person. Are there any judgments you've made against them? And if so, just break off that judgment in the name of Jesus. Bring it to the cross and say, Jesus, I just break off this judgment I've made against this person. And then third, just cultivate, choose to cultivate joyful appreciation. Can you think of one thing that you appreciate about this person? And take a moment and focus your heart on that. God, thank you for helping us learn how to identify when we're in enemy mode and how to put on our new selves, how to turn on our joy switch, our relational circuit. And all of that is possible through the cross. Would you help us grow in our relationships? 
healthy relationships, as we more and more have our relational circuit on, the way you've created us to be and to live. So in a moment, we're going to receive the Lord's Supper. So you can grab some elements there if you're at home. In partaking of the Lord's Supper, we encounter afresh this amazing Savior who gave his life for us while we were his enemies. And he did this so that we could experience new life in him, a new capacity to love and to experience joy. So in doing this today, as we're doing this today, let's put off the old man and embrace afresh the new person we are in Christ with this new capacity to love like he loves. So if you have the elements there, take the bread, which represents Jesus' body given for us. Let's eat this in remembrance of him. And now take the juice or wine, whatever you have there. This juice or wine represents Jesus' blood shed for us for the forgiveness of our sins. Let's drink this in remembrance of him. Jesus, thank you for the blood you shed for us and for giving your life for us so that we could walk in newness of life. And we put on our new selves afresh. We put on our new identity again, Lord, and just thank you for your love for us. May your Holy Spirit fills us. Help us to love the way you love. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, I wanted to take a moment and just express gratitude to so many of you who invest financially in the work of God at Christ Community Church. When you do that, you are helping see people's lives touched and impacted. In fact, just the other day, someone told me of something that I thought was so cool. Um, a missionary couple that we support um, was living in a region of the world that is really in significant conflict right now. And they were forced to flee the country. And so they landed in in Greece and um, they were reaching out to us and they were all alone and just trying to process and just expressing, boy, we're kind of, you know, just feeling all alone. And wouldn't it be cool to have just someone just to be with um, in this season? And so we, one of our staff people, Dudley Brown, who's our outreach pastor, um, he was able to secure a flight with resources from this church budget. And uh, Dudley flew out there and spent a few days with them, just loving on them and caring for them and praying with them, just hanging out with them. Those are the kinds of things that when you give to Christ's community, you are investing in those simple touches around the world where people's lives are being touched and they're being impacted and cared for in some really difficult circumstances. So again, thank you so much for um, your generosity towards Christ's community. There are a number of ways to give, and, and those, are, those are linked here. You can text to give, you can give online, you can use our app to give. So again, thank you for your generosity.
Hello, let's talk about this. Okay. <laughs> All right, let's. <laughs> so here, here's something that I was thinking about, Alan, when you're sharing about when we're not feeling like it. You value the relationships, but right now, I just have nothing to give. And something that I have experienced personally recently, just even just this past month, uh, was this realization that I personally, I care a lot about people. So in my head, I'm like, no, I'm, I'm really focused on people and I want to do good and all of that. And I realized I am horrible with self-care. And so suddenly I started hitting these uh, bumps in my relationships and I couldn't figure out why. And I think you gave language mm. because I realized how because I wasn't taking care of myself, I had nothing to give. Like if you don't have margin, if you're not in a spot, how... So an, an external problem, a relational problem, is actually the origin, the, the reason for it is internal. Does that make sense? You have a puzzled look. Right. So I'm just thinking about this, this idea of the airplane when it's like put the oxygen mask on yourself first before you can help mm. others, you know. So that's where my mind was going is this, this reality that um, I, I need to create margin. I need to create this... Uh, this environment in my heart prior to being able to give and to pour and to or have to, this healthy interaction. Right, or to pursue. I mean, I think that's right. the thing. Sometimes that we think the Christian response is, we got to get this fixed right now. Um, mm. Well, maybe you don't. Because <laughs> if you're both in enemy mode, time is not the most important issue right then in terms of hmm. immediacy. You probably need space. You know, don't let the sun go down in your anger. Well, the sun doesn't set until like seven o'clock at night, right? Or nine o'clock or whatever. Um, sometimes we take that to mean I've just got to, I'm having a conflict. I got it. We got to solve it right now. Uh -huh. And I think sometimes when we're in enemy mode, that's the worst thing to do. Mm -hmm. What we need to do is some, both parties go take a walk, get some time with the Lord. Why is this triggering me? Why am I so angry? And so there's this margin and space right. to process that. And then when we do have the conversation, we both, hopefully, at least we are in relational mode. Right. And so then we can move towards the person in a more healthy way. Mm -hmm. So I totally agree with what you're saying. I think that's a great, it's a great point. Uh, yeah. I like that that a ton, especially if people are in, in conflict. So the two of them, they're experiencing something hard that I'm hoping and I'm going to show up and be the best person that I could possibly be. But if I'm tired and I'm hungry yep. and I'm like, I, I'm pretty empty as a human being, yes. how am I going to show exactly. up and yes. be whole to a hard conversation? Probably anyway. Right. Exactly. And so it would be awesome like to be able to have space go eat, go go to bed, <laughs> get up. So I feel like mm -hmm. empowered to, to actually show up and be healthy. Yeah. That's I remember one of the, I, I was listening to one of the t books or tapes or something, re recordings of someone speaking about this issue, Dr. Jim Wilder, I think. But he talked about one time having an argument with his wife and it was, they're ready to go to bed. And even though we got to solve this before we go to bed, he was like, 
he just said to her, you know, I'm not really in relational mode. I love you. I care about you. Can we set aside a time tomorrow to mm. talk through this, but not go to sleep in in enemy mode, you know, mm-hmm. in terms of that angry place, just knowing we're going to deal with it. I thought that was, that's so powerful. Yeah. I'm just acknowledging I need some space. I still love you. I'm not withdrawing, you know, in a negative, unhealthy way. Right. So, but at least talking about it. So then we're like, okay, we're going to talk about it tomorrow. We can go to sleep, you know, in the same bed and not feel that tension and angst. Right. I love that self-awareness that right now, whatever I bring, it's just not going to be beneficial. Yeah, I'm hungry. I'm (laughs) hungry right now. So I'm not going to take that out on you. Yeah. I can't give what I don't have. Yeah. 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 It's past I, my bedtime. I mean, yeah. I can. I do not want you know. Don't want to engage right now. I'm not. I'm not able to in a healthy way. I should say. Right. And the and the other person, we just need to learn how to communicate about that. So the other person doesn't feel like, oh, you're avoiding and you're, yeah. and, and and demanding. We got to talk about it now. Right. Well, that's probably not the wisest thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so I have something. I'm. That I think could be be, be be just good to talk about and to mm-hmm. clarify a bit. Um, uh, the idea of be, being in enemy mode mm-hmm. and then having good, healthy boundaries at the same mm. time. Yeah. Um, so, so it's talked about. So are there people that you're like, mm. and and sometimes it is good to have good, healthy boundaries. You don't have to be turned towards them. Uh, and I just mm. was kind of hoping to talk about that a bit. Like, yeah. Yeah. Um, so sometimes it's just healthy to have good boundaries and that could come across kind of like being shut off or shut mm. down. But it's mm-hmm. just healthy. Is there anything yeah. that you guys have talked about? How to differentiate yeah. enemy mode, mode or no? I'm not in enemy yeah. mode. This is just a good. I am being mode. a healthy human being. That's a yeah. that's a great point because I don't think any of the three things we talked about require us to have no boundaries with people. Right. Mm-hmm. You can still have a boundary at a time. I'm not going to talk about this, or I'm not going to take a phone call from this person at any yeah. time. Whatever the boundary happens to be, yep. or we're not going to talk about this particular subject. We've gone there enough, but you can still do that in a way where you've processed mm-hmm. it with the Lord. Okay. Um, you're not judging this person. You're yep. just recognizing there's an appropriate boundary needed. Mm-hmm. And your heart could still be filled with appreciation, but just acknowledging that. So that's a great, that's a really great point. Mm-hmm. Uh, is it p- possible though? Um, be- because that there are those people out there that I'm like, so I d- don't appreciate who <laughs> that they are. I'm putting up a healthy boundary. Um, but go and be, I don't harbor anger I don't harbor like yeah because like there are those people and I'm like that isn't like someone I'm gravitating towards I don't have a desire to be t- turned towards them possibly I don't know I'm just tossing it out there because yeah I'm a human being <laughs> no I know I am too I mean I, yeah. as someone who's really unhealthy I mean I, I agree that would be I, you just have to weigh that balance am I negatively withdrawing from this person because I still have some stuff that is irritant, whatever, and I'm not really loving them. Or is this a situation where my heart is good towards them? There are maybe a few things I can find to appreciate about them, which I think is important. Um, But I'm still going to have a boundary there. Somebody, we got to figure out, there's no, there's no way I could answer that for you or you from me. I think there's like something about the integrity of a 
expectation though of, so if I'm going to tell someone, man, I appreciate you, that there has to be a value to it that I just mm-hmm. don't say these things just to say it. True. And there are these, uh, so I'm thinking about someone who has been abused by their parents. Um, so, so is there a time that says, hey, I'm putting up this boundary. I don't mm-hmm. have to appreciate the thing that happened here. Um, well, that's you know what, what I'm talking about. Yeah. When appreciation, I'm not talking about appreciating everything this person does. I think I'm talking about identifying. And again, and that, that's kind of a situation. Yeah. I don't know. That's with counseling and all that you have to walk through it. I'm not trying to right. simplify it. Mm-hmm. But I do. Don't you feel like with any person you could find something yeah, I would hope you so. appreciated about them? Yeah. Even if the other experience with them was horrible, there could be something that you would appreciate. Yes, I would 100% agree with that. But to be a person who gets to that point, um, that's sometimes, that's going to be a huge journey, journey of forgiveness to get there, I think. Yeah, I mean, let me tell you something. So someone told me about, you know, their difficult relationship with their their father um, growing up. And, you know, some of that dynamic of uh, uh, just criticism and all that. Well, their whole perspective changed when they saw them through the lens of what his relationship was like was, was like with his, his father, parents yeah. mm-hmm. and realizing how difficult that relationship was and the relational dynamic with siblings and how hard it was. Yep. And he probably never got affirmed. That didn't, ease the like the pain of this person's experience in that relationship but it did change sort of this person's heart yep towards them you know what i mean yep um i don't know if that applies or not but that's that's what i think i'm talking about and is there a way to appreciate even wow he probably did you know just seeing his own story and letting that um uh, just uh, impact our perception of the situation. Yeah, that that applies a hundred percent. I think that, um, I'm, I'm I was just kind of like seeing probably there are people out there that yep. are like, man, okay, I get that, but yeah. for everybody, and there's this journey they're going through. So, so if our goal is to embody the heart of God, God uh, here's the. Yeah. Journey, journey it's going to be it yeah. isn't it possibly isn't pc at all uh it's 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 kind of actually this but the end goal is to be at peace experiencing the shalom the wholeness yes. and so if there is this journey that has to be had to be able to see people as mm-hmm. god sees see them, them and yes. it's possible that that who they are in society is they are bad people. But those people are the people that Jesus pursued because he saw their hearts. And so our goal is to do the same thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, certainly there's plenty of very messy examples out there in messy relationships. And it's not so black and white as we wish. It would be so much easier if it was more black and white. But I, I love that. There are some stories that are journeys. Uh, it will 
that requires the journey of forgiveness and a lot more in-depth things. But I think what you're talking about is, but what's in me that could shift? Or even in the reality of forgiveness, right? We say we release forgiveness because I'm the one carrying the weight. I'm the one that is going to be set free by releasing the forgiveness. I kind of see the same way. Maybe there are horrible stories out there, but what's in me that I'm carrying that I can release? So like the whole thing of judgment or appreciation. I think it's one is... What are you meditating on? The horrible mm-hmm. things about this person or good things about this person? Again, take away the very, very abusive, you know, yeah. really extremely hurtful. But our regular relationships, what am I cultivating in my heart, in my mind toward this person? Yeah. Yeah, it's that relational circuit language I think it comes back to is can we monitor our own relational circuit and say, my relational circuit's on. I have a boundary here. I know what this person like, but my heart is open yeah. to this person. My relational circuit is on towards them um, versus my relational circuit is off. Yeah. I don't interact. I don't want to see that person. I don't, you know, that monitoring that in our own hearts. Yeah. All right. So just turning the corner here, just very quickly from something that's hard to something that's pr- pretty easy. Um, so um, something that, that I found is that I th- think that I tell people how I appreciate them, but I'm pretty introverted. And so I don't actually like verbally tell people how I feel about them. But, but like deep down, it's like, man, I, you know, I feel all these things. And, and I think there's a bunch of people out there who, like, they think they're showing appreciation. They mm. think they're participating in it, but they actually aren't because they haven't ever expressed it. Mm-hmm. And so, so are, are, are there simple things that people can do to begin to practice, you know, express, expressing appreciation yeah. towards the people that you actually think they are. Yeah. That's such a great, I think in marriage is a great example. Uh-huh. We had a situation recently, Raylene and I, and I just, you know, assumed I'd been affirming right. her and I married her. I love this woman. And, and, but realizing how I hadn't been and it was just eye opening. Um, so I don't yeah. know if you do. Yeah. Like once a day I'm going to, or whatever the, the practice would be, yeah. but almost intentionally, I'm going to do this five times a day or I'm going to do, you know, just to, just to put a mark out there for ourselves to practice. Well, I love the story you shared uh, of Caleb, your son, because of the intentionality of Um, what you're saying. I'm actually going to make sure I'm communicating this in a clear way. And I think for me, one of the things is um, the daily thing. So you're talking about marriage. So my husband does the dishes and it's every day and it's an everyday thing so you know after so many times i'm not saying thank you all the time and and these kinds of things that turn into yeah you know it's just expected but what a difference it makes when like you you could have chosen not to but you still you did the dishes thank you so much for serving me and that makes such a huge difference and it's something so Tiny, but the things that go unsaid, like yeah. what you're saying. Yeah, and I would, I mean, I've been, uh, man, this sounds so, like, of course, but 
I've been trying to verbalize those times that I appreciate. Like I, I, mm-hmm. I, I, I appreciate something, and I see it, and it causes, you know, like oh. That was really cool, and I, I try to call that out kind of as it happens. Yeah. And then something else I try to do, if, if I think about somebody, like they'll just pop in my head, and I'll like think, think of a story, then I'll send them just a text, text there yeah. on the spot so mm-hmm. I don't put it off. It's like, and it's possibly like 10 to 40 people a day. Like, I'm thinking about people Whoa. all the time. I'm, That's awesome. So it isn't like a... Pro- it's just like, so if I think about them, cool. I'm going to send them a text. I'm thinking about you. I, you know, like, da 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 And it's just like, I That's send awesome. it out there and I don't have to hold on to it anymore. Yeah. And it's like, my heart gets big. Mm-hmm. And That's it feels awesome. fun. Mm-hmm. Anyway, it. yeah. Something that, tiny. That's amazing. No, and what you said, your heart gets big. Right. I love that because the the effect of appreciation not only on the person, person receiving us. but in us it and you does. talk about that it yep. is so true and I think what I've experienced too is times where I'm not 100% appreciating the person and you what you talked about I will pick one th- I will find one yeah. thing to appreciate <laughs> and by saying that how that shifts You're my right. heart toward Towards that them. person yeah. it's what you're feeding what your feet, it's incredible how practical, what a, a, a tangible effect it causes in you. Yep. I love that. Awesome. That's a great idea, KJ. It's easy. The texting. It's just an easy one. Yeah. I love it. Alan, is there anything that was originally on this script that you ended up cutting off and you'd like to, to share something that didn't make it to the final cut? No, I thought, no. <laughs> Not that's I'm worth always, sharing. I'm, I'm often curious, like, any bonus? you got to give me more heads up on that question. <laughs> that's good. I can't right. do that on this uh, Next spur time. of the moment. Okay. <laughs> that's good. Okay. Well, thank, thank you. you for yep. your thank time. you, guys. Thanks for joining yep. this conversation with us. Have a good rest of your day.